0: Warning, the following contains audio of two good friends attempting to discuss music with no qualifications whatsoever. No one asked for this, but you're going to get it. There will be shitty hot takes, terrible opinions, and impressions done poorly. Listener discretion is
1: advised. Hello and welcome again to another awesome, riveting, earth-shattering, mind-bending edition of Music. Maria. And also Drake. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. It's, uh,
1: you know, it's been fine.
0: I'm getting by, but,
1: you know. Yeah, you and I both, I just came back from a six-hour adventure trip to Chicago in the middle of bejesus of the night. So we're doing our best. Uh, For the viewers, listeners, since <laughs> this, this is an audio-only podcast. um, I'm drinking a salted caramel latte today. Uh, Drake had some opinions about my mug that I'm currently drinking out of. It is a cat in a Batman costume with a little text bubble that says, "I'm Catman."
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish I enjoyed that more because I, I like cats and I like Batman, but that's just the cat culture is too much sometimes for me. It's it's like. Oh, God, I'm going to get more heat for this, probably, but it's like chocolate pretzels. I like chocolate, and I like pretzels. I don't want them together. So, yes, I did not enjoy it. I wish I did, but I'm I'm out on it.
1: We're starting off hot. Hot take alert already. My goodness. Hot take alert! He's just coming in with a flamethrower. My goodness. Well, (laughs) with that said uh today's theme of uh this week is a little bit more abstract i think than we've done in the past um today's theme is an album from our respective genres that uh based on whatever factors we can touch on this when we get into it but for for whatever reason at the moment we didn't think that we would like it and when we listened to it we were pleasantly proven wrong and we were like okay actually i like this a whole lot so Love that for us, um, if you want to kind of touch on your album that you you had given to me uh in terms of why you thought you wouldn't have locked the album yourself and like what factors led you to end up liking it and why you you know recommended it today
0: so my album is uh leprous's pitfalls, and it was controversial might be too strong, but that's the best word i I've got for it uh because this band what which album was this it was their sixth album. Um, so they had five albums prior and they were all progressive metal. Um, and a lot of people really enjoyed them. It really wasn't for me. Like I listened to it because he is, or this band, excuse me, is, had, had a connection to another artist that I like called Eson, who is a great yes, prog yeah, metal, prog rock artist. Um, so I tried them out and I didn't care for it, but this album came out and I heard it was controversial because they stripped a lot of the prog metal st- stuff, stuff. And it was more prog rock and almost like pop at certain points. And a lot of people didn't enjoy it. They thought that the vocalist had too much creative control. And so just by that alone, I was like, well, I should check it out just to see what it's all about. I had no expectations because, as I said, I didn't really like anything else that this band had done beforehand. But I loved it. And like the album after this is really good. I just think they really fit prog rock. Not as much screaming or growling, you know, just like singing and emotion and I just I thought it was really good so that was the I guess the long way to say it but yeah that's why it was so shocking to me that I liked it.
1: Absolutely I uh, had no also prior knowledge of this band much like Opeth from last week Uh, never heard of these fellas a day in my life never knew anything that they've done dreamed of acquired in their time in music so it was just a completely fresh start for me Uh, so yeah I guess I'll kind of get into my impressions then since we're here uh, I told you off the record before we started recording that in my notes for my listening, uh, I had put, and I quote, we've got heat. <laughs> and this is why I feel like I've got heat with Leprous right from the get-go. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it's a terribly bad thing, but I'll, I'll elaborate. I'll go ahead and go deeper on that. Um, so when I had first put on the album, uh, the track starts off kind of slow, a little like serene, a little like haunting, a little like beckoning almost where he's kind of gesturing from you out of the gallows. And that really kind of was like similar in in its own way to like the Opeth's opening uh, song of their album that you gave to me last week where I was like turning up the volume because I just wanted to like hear what he had to say. I was like, this is great. I'm doing great. And I'm listening to this in my car, mind you. And so I am just like engrossed. It is 4am at this point. I'm kind of sleep delirious, but I'm like in for the adventure. I'm like, okay, friend, you know, you kind of remind me of my good friend Michael, (laughs) so I'll, you know, be in on this, and then this man just starts belting, just singing the bejesus out of the word love in my car speakers at, like, 4 a.m., and I nearly just, like, jumped out of my seat, nearly went off the highway. I said, sir, you could have warned me. You could have given me an indication this is where you were going, but you did not. It did not mean I did not enjoy it. His vocal quality was amazing, but Sir, this is just my heart, my blood pressure. I, what are we doing?
0: I was very curious when he told me that at first because I wasn't sure if it dealt with me or what it dealt with. <laughs> but as soon as you started going into it, I was like, I know exactly where this is going.
1: Okay, I'm glad. Yeah, see, 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 he's not like a terribly bad, like, I hated it reason, but my goodness, my God, I just was not expecting that. And just, you know, we were here. We were having a time.
0: Yeah, and to spin it more positively, he can belt it, too. Like, he is very loud, and (laughs) it can absolutely shock you if you're not, like, for the uninitiated.
1: Yeah, and, like, with these albums, I think the beauty of it is that we're kind of going into it blind. Like, we can give each other an idea of what the album is like and why we like it probably before going into it the week before. But other than that, it's like we don't really know what we're getting to at the at the end of the day. So <laughs> shout out to Leprous for making sure that I was awake during my drive to Chicago at 4 a.m. I appreciate your service. Thank you for your time. Um, but yeah, going into like my favorite song. So <laughs> my first impressions are in the bag. My favorite song from that album were, uh, it was a toss up between I lose hope and at the bottom. And I'll explain very different reasons for both. Um, I Lose Hope, for being like lyrically kind of sad and kind of dreadful, was very funky. I was also not expecting that. And that'll be the tone of pretty much my thoughts on this album was after, you know, what is the lead singer of Lepros? Do you know his name?
0: So if I'm pronouncing it right, I think it is Einar Solberg, but don't quote me on it because he's Norwegian. But I feel like I've watched enough sports to have a good guess, so that's my guess.
1: Fantastic. So you said Einar? Okay. Well, our good friend Einar... Uh, yeah, he was just going in a whole different direction, I think, from the first song, because like the first song was a little bit more morose and, and belty and almost like a power ballad in a way, and kind of uh, along that s- same vein of thought. But I think that uh, I Lose Hope was, again, very funky, like that bass line. When it kicked in, I was like, all right, Einar and friends, like, let's go. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll give this to the listeners since I'm not able to, you know, show this to you in a, a video medium. Uh, if you look up like the Jay Z head bob gif, where he's just like head bobbing, but like he's kind of like unsure of what he's listening to, but he's still like grooving. That was me listening to "I Lose Hope." I was like, "All right," like I don't know where this is going. Much like I didn't know where the first song was going, but I'm here for the ride. So I appreciate that. Yeah, very, very lively song for what its lyrical content entailed. <laughs> As for At the Bottom, it almost had, like, a hip-hop-ish beat to begin. Like, it was almost like a trap beat. So, again, pleasantly surprised. I was like, all right, okay. And from that point, I had transitioned to, like, the gif of Cardi B, like, vibing and eating popcorn on, like, the basketball court. Also look up that gif, and you'll, you'll be able to further illustrate my vibe at that moment. But... At the same time, I was grooving, and he was still doing like his like low bellowing like beckoning tonal voice over this trap beat, and I was like, "My guy, on this beat, I just want to see you go ham. Like I'm grooving to it. I want, just want you to give me what I want." Like very much Batista's like, "Give me what I want, please." I, I, there's a time and place to be all haunting and bellowing and beckoning. And then a minute into the half into the song, he's like, <laughs> and i'm like you could have done this like from the jump and it would have been great but i, I guess you gave it to me anyway so i'll you know can't be too mad at him it, it came eventually
0: better late than never right but um i'm glad to hear that you liked out the bottom so much because that is my personal favorite on the album like i know this isn't a video but like when you said it i openly like cheered when you said out the bottom so i was really happy to hear that you enjoyed that song
1: oh absolutely and i think too in its own way uh despite the, the aspect of like not knowing what to expect, just in this song along, I felt like he was doing like seven different things at once in terms of like style and tonality, and I'm using all these words that I'm not qualified to be using, so if I'm using them out of context, oh, well, cry about it. <laughs> but it, it definitely felt like, okay, now we're going in this direction, now we're going here, now we're doing this. It really felt like a musical version of Temple Run. If you've ever played Temple Run, it was like an iPhone game. That was like really popping in the in the early 2010s. So yeah, it was enjoyable, but it was also very much like we're juking left, now we're juking right, now we're doing this, all in like the span of one song. And so I was very much stimulated the entire time. It was a ride.
0: Yeah, that is a good point that you bring up because progressive metal and progressive rock is very much like that. It's super all over the place. And it's one of the reasons I really enjoy it because, you know, it is very all over the place, but it does service the song very well like it is still a song which is it's an art because a lot of prog bands don't know how to do it but yeah it is very all over the place
1: yeah so I think that'll really perfectly segue into my takeaway every track really felt like an adventure in the way that I had no idea what was coming next like either it would be funky or it'd be like a little bit of a trap beat or it would be like haunting almost like a a goatee like take me to church kind of vibe so throughout the entire way I felt like it was a saga like by the time i got to the sky is red you know i was tired but like it, in a good way almost like when you watch a really enjoyable wrestling show and like you finally gotten to the main event and you're like man i'm i'm happy we're at the main event but like all that i just endeavored up until this point has been great but i'm also just tired <laughs> it's been a lot um and i did want to ask you this question kind of your thoughts just maybe uh, I didn't want to make like a generalization of the genre by any means, but the sky is red. It's ten minutes long. It was a, a a nice little epic ending to the album. But I've noticed just at least in the albums that we've discussed beforehand, in in terms of comparison, that like these songs are are, are pretty quote unquote beefy. I think uh, like most of the songs, if I remember correctly, on this album were at least like five six minutes. And uh, not that either is good or bad, but like in most hip hop albums and stuff that I listen to. Uh, even more along like the pop punk vein that I've been on lately uh most songs are at least like two minutes three minutes at most so not even that like I don't enjoy it but like there will be times where I'll be like man this song is still going and so I, I know I've had that thought for a couple of songs on like this album and then like previous albums so I just wanted to get your thought to me like is that like a a prog metal thing is that like a, a rock thing give, give me your thoughts
0: it is definitely a prog metal thing to have long songs like that um they're not always like super long, because like the uh, the Opeth album is a good example. Like they had eight minute tracks and seven minute tracks like that. So it is, it's, it's more intrinsic to what I like more than anything. So it is a part of it. But yeah, I mean, there's it. Yeah, it is just kind of a part of what prog rock and prog metal is. It's just long tracks and long epics and stuff like that. And I would say at the end of the day, it's it's usually like one very long epic on each album like this album is a good example like the sky is red is 10 minutes but the other tracks are like 5 or so minutes um i can say at the end of the day like like you said you're kind of tired by the end of the album that's understandable um but it is it's like an acquired taste at the end of the day because i still remember when i first heard my first ever prog album i had a lot of similar thoughts where it was like this is kind of long it's pretty exhausting in a way but now I can listen to a 24-minute track, and it can feel like a three-minute track. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of the quality, I guess, of the song itself. Because there's a lot of bands that will try to do it, and they do very poorly at it. So, But for sure, to answer your question, it is 100% a prog rock, prog metal thing.
1: Awesome. I'm glad I'm not just full of shit about that. Because, again, I, I didn't want to make the generalization by any means, but that was definitely the vibe that I was getting. And, yeah... Uh, while, like, these songs are long, I will say they don't feel, like, gratuitous. Like, they don't feel, like, existing just for the sake of existing. Like, they have very good thoughts to say, and there's a lot of quality within, like, those 10 minutes, 6 minutes, whatever have you. So I appreciate that. It's not just, like, we're shredding just a shred, and we're going on these tangents for 10 minutes. Because I think I've heard songs like that, where it's just, like, my uh, it just seems like one big circle jerk. Like, can we just wrap it up here, pal, and let's go.
0: Yeah, that is a very good point, because oh my god anytime a guitarist from a heavy metal band does a solo album I never listen to it because the whole album is him just shredding for like 40 minutes and that feels way longer than this almost hour-long album that you just listen to in Leprous's Pitfalls just 40 minutes of straight shredding is not fun for anybody I don't know who enjoys it honestly but (laughs) it's awful
1: you know somebody does like I said there's a a market for everybody I guess (laughs) all right pal well thanks for suggesting this album Yeah. And to infinity and beyond.
0: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did want to leave off on one note here that I thought was hilarious about this album in general. I forgot about it until I gave it to you because I listened to it again. Um, There's a song on this album called Foreigner where he uses the word, and I quote, knucklehead in the song. And it is my favorite thing ever. And I wanted to mention it because I don't think I've heard it before and I will never hear it after i think i think it's gonna be a one-time thing in my lifetime hearing the word knucklehead in a heavy metal song
1: i feel like that's a challenge now to the listeners out there (laughs) all you know how many did we get our first episode 26 if all 26 of you are still around by this point awesome if there's more of you even better we're laying down the gauntlet if there's a heavy metal song out there that also features the word knucklehead send it to drake i'm sure you'll make his day yeah uh, thanks again
0: no problem i'm glad you enjoyed it
1: we are back. So for this week, uh, under our topic of albums that we didn't think that we would like, but we really enjoyed, um, I decided to give Drake a Come Over When You're Sober Part 2 by Little Peep. The reason that I didn't think that I would like this album mainly, uh, as I had touched on last week, was that I felt like at the time I was I was kind of toxic in my hip-hop fandom where I was had my nose in the air about SoundCloud rap, and I was very much the old man yelling at the cloud like I wasn't willing to really hear out like music of this quote-unquote generation this gen z dynamic cornucopia whatever you want to call it it was very much like oh you know he posts on he's a soundcloud rapper like nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and after listening to a couple songs from little Pete before i even listened to this whole album i was like okay i can kind of kind of vibe with this because more than anything with music i vibe off of like feeling and like melody and like the feelings that it invokes in me and let me tell you I'm a moody bitch. <laughs> Don't let you know the sunny predisposition fool you. There are times where I just hate people, and I completely get like the angst and life sucks, and you know people are fake and times are hard. So that was a lot of the content. I feel like that that little peep really touched on, and that was able to still identify with me even if I felt like back in my day we had the two pucks and the fifty cents and. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> not to ton, not to drone on and on. I think that was like the factors that really kind of provided like a barrier to access to me at first. And then when I actually listened to him, I thought it was great. I quote unquote, I got it. You know, I understand why people revere him so much, because unfortunately, he did pass away at a very young age uh, before his show in Arizona due to a fentanyl accidental overdose. So this album specifically was post, uh, excuse me, released posthumously. Is that how you pronounce it?
0: I actually looked it up before I came here. It's actually pronounced posthumously.
1: Words are hard posthumously. Uh, this would be a terrible time for me to tell you that for like the majority of my life, I pronounced uh, Leonard Skinner as Lanyard Scaniard. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a story for another time. Uh, So yeah, uh, I did not think that I would enjoy it, but I did. I I really tried to remain objective in terms of like underneath like the grief lens and like the tragedy lens of it all. Like, is this music good because it's good or is it romanticized in a way because like this person passed away? And I don't think that's the case. I think even with the music he did release, like when he was alive, it was still just as good and still touched on the same topics was still just as impactful, I think. So yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts.
0: Yeah, so I, I enjoyed it a fair amount um i would say my first impression of it was very haunting because as you said just now and i'm pretty sure you said on the last episode that he had passed away before this album and i I looked it up it was it wasn't that long before it wasn't even a full year i don't think but it was it was very haunting it just that had like a tone and an atmosphere that was (sighs) i hate to say like when people die and release something or do something beforehand it's like They knew it was coming, but that's that's always like the vibe I get from it, and like I kind of got it from this album. It had like a a level of despair to it, on like some songs. He was talking, like he specifically said in one song that "What like I think I think I'm gonna die alone" is one of like the direct quotes. Is one of the actual direct quotes, maybe a little different, but that's the essence of it. It's it's very uh, there's a lot of despair to this album, which. I mean, as you said, like, you can be a moody bitch, quote-unquote. I can also get like that, and, like, recently, I have been kind of in a funk, and, like, this album filled that void a little bit, where it was you know just putting stuff into perspective or just like oh okay like someone else is going through this type of thing but yes it had a very haunting feel and i i also think that his voice played a very strong aspect in that too i really really enjoyed the voice his voice he had like i want to say it's like hypnotic type of voice which fits very well with the atmospheric, depressing aura that the album had.
1: I'm so glad you used that adjective because I was really like mulling over like adjectives to like describe Little Peep and I could not really come upon like any other words, but the only words that I could think of were like hypnotic because um, I too went ahead and revisited this album because I I know before I had suggested it to you, I was like, I want to make sure that I like this album just as much as I remember I did because it's been a hot minute since I listened to it. And, yeah, like, from there, I just went into, like, a whole rabbit hole of just his entire discography, like, just because I enjoyed his voice that much. And, like, you listen to it, and it does have, like, an addictive quality to it, like, very hypnotic in that way of, where like, I need to hear more. Like, I want to hear more. So I'm I'm so glad that you all see that adjective. I'm not crazy.
0: (laughs) No, it's about the only adjective to describe him, honestly, in his voice. I will say, speaking of that quote that I talked about, uh, him... like like saying I will die alone or something like that, is probably my favorite song on the album because I just... Well, the song itself is called Life is Beautiful. I thought that was a very well-written descent into, like, sadness and depression because it starts out, you know, pretty high and then it, like, slowly goes down. I like the way he, you know, messed with the phrase, life is beautiful. Like, he would say life is beautiful here and then he would come back and say life is horrible here. And it was it just it was really good i mean the song itself was great but like the lyrical the way he wrote the lyrics i thought was really good because you know i've i've listened to a lot of music and listened to a lot of sad music that's generally what i listen to and as a whole but that's the way that i feel like it sticks out is when they do it in a different way and they use words in a nice poetic way i guess for lack of a better term cuz i mean not to go away from this album, but I was listening to Creed again today. That's the second Creed name drop we've had on this podcast. Um, but the song One Last Breath, I think, has some incredible lyrics because, I mean, once you get past the meme of Scott Stapp, I always thought he was a great lyricist. Same with James Hetfield. I feel like they're not ever going to get the praise that they deserve as lyricists because they're just a meme, I guess, at this point. But yeah, Scott Stapp, like the way he used six feet, like six feet from the edge or six feet deep or something like that. Or the way he said, I'm so down, like he used that phrase a little differently. I just I like that. I like when people use words in a really interesting manner and a poetic manner because I mean I mean at the end of the day that is what it is. You're trying to find new ways to say concepts that have been done before. I thought he did a very good job and I thought Life is Beautiful was a very, very good example of this. The song is also great too, but the lyrics really hit me for sure. For the musical quality of it. I said last week that Machine Gun Kelly was the most eclectic and I feel like this one actually surpassed it in a little bit of a way because I think it just added on to what Machine Gun Kelly was doing with his Hotel Diablo album because he did utilize like guitars and pop punk stuff. But this one, honestly, it's like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, you can classify it as rap. It has beats and stuff, but, you know, there's also like guitar layering with a rock tinge and it's also like easy listening music on top of it. So it's very hard to like pigeonhole in one genre, and that, again, like I was talking about lyrics where that sticks out to me. this is where music sticks out to me, where it's very eclectic, as you were talking about with Leprous's pitfalls. it's really all over the place, but it like still is one complete picture. And I thought he did that very well. It was a lot of rock, like guitar stuff and rap beats and like, nice, nice atmospheric, like sad overall feel to it I thought everything served each other like it was really good Uh, the album flowed very well so I thought the musical quality was very very good on this album honestly
1: yeah I definitely agree with all those points there I did want to note as well that um, at the time because this did come out a number of years ago uh, with me having like my nose in the air to SoundCloud rap I didn't really understand it because I didn't give it a chance and when hearing it I wouldn't say that it was in like this light bulb magic moment that heavens came down and life was all good in the world but I understood why people really gravitated toward it because in terms of like hip-hop and all the stuff that I grew up with and everything in terms of my own hip-hop fandom to begin with this was so unlike anything that I'd ever heard from before like so I'm really glad that you mentioned that it was like very genre bending like I I wasn't Ready for it, <laughs> I guess. To, to put it in lack of better terms, uh, I just thought it was so unique. I thought he was definitely like an outlier and like a pioneer of like this genre and like really taking it and making it something completely new. And yeah, uh, I know that uh, Machine Gun Kelly was like greatly influenced by Little People because he did shout him out one of his songs on Hotel Diablo. So like that comparison is not a miss or that I guess uh, lineage that thread together. Yeah, it was just so unlike anything, and I think. That uh, people like uh, Little Peep and XXS Tentacion and Juice World and other like SoundCloud rappers from uh, that time that really started to make their name really kind of just kicked the door open of hip hop and we're like we're not gonna do what has been done before we're gonna make our own thing and I can respect that.
0: Yeah, that is really cool that you bring up like the SoundCloud thing because that was what I was thinking too because like I'm not like crapping on you I was also elitist with heavy metal too but it's like man maybe that was what they needed to do to like bring this really interesting new layer really good new layer into rap like maybe they just needed to go through SoundCloud and do what they needed to do because I mean honestly it's really really strong stuff
1: yeah and um, if you do want a little bit of extra credit I was googling it to make sure that I had the correct name of it but there's another uh, documentary on YouTube because on top of being a moody bitch I'm also a bitch who loves to learn so <laughs> I am a very big um, aficionado I'm just butchering all kinds of words today. You understand what I mean. I like documentaries. I watch documentaries at length. So there's another one on Hulu called American Rap Star, and it specifically details, like, the rise of SoundCloud rap as a genre and, like, the artists that really brought it to prominence, including, like, Little Peep, XXS, Tentacion, uh... Little Xan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Very good. And uh, another documentary that I can recommend in the same vein is specifically about XXX Tentacion, who also unfortunately got uh, murdered uh, at an early age, uh, and it's called Look at Me. Um, it kind of details him personally of him not being a great person and at length not a great person, but uh, his impact on music and whatnot. So those are two things I believe you, if you want to pursue at your leisure.
0: I will definitely have to watch those at some point then, but yeah, I would say overall that my biggest takeaway is that, well, a the albums keep getting better. I feel like I've been enjoying the albums progressively, and I'm I feel like I'm wondering if it's because I'm starting to get like the the taste of hip hop and rap and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, I understand it because like I feel like the lyrics have gotten better for me too. And I'm not sure if it's just the people that I've been given or if it's just like okay, I'm kind of understanding what metaphors and what's how they use words and stuff like that compared to like something like heavy metal, which is completely different. Uh, Because I mean, they do touch on similar subjects. Like, you know, it's just little changes to it where it's like, I feel like it's starting to grow on me. So maybe it's a little bit of that. Maybe the albums are just getting progressively better, but yeah, I just, I I was, I, I was surprised that I liked it too because I thought I didn't think I'd like it because his, his name, I always found was a little weird. Like, honestly, that was what held me back. Little Peep. I was like, that's such an odd name. I never got into it. Every time I heard him, I was like, that guy sounds like he's going to be horrible. <laughs> and that's awful of me to say. But it's a classic Don't Judge a Book By Its cover. Because honestly, yeah, it blew me away. Like, I I, thought, I think it hit me at a, at a good time. And I thought it was really good. It was pretty easily digestible album, too. Because I think it's like not even 40 minutes or something like that. It's like 11 songs. It's really nice album size. And yeah, I thought overall it was just a really good album i enjoyed it a lot
1: well i'm also glad to hear that you enjoyed it because i remember also when we were driving and i was thinking about albums to give you for this week i can remember specifically looking at you and telling you i don't know if you're gonna like this one (laughs) so i'm glad that it worked out and i'm glad that we were both able to enjoy our albums this week and yeah thanks for your time thank you for
0: another good album All right, well, that was another awesome episode of Music, Maria, and also Drake. Um, I did want to give a shout-out to the concerts that I saw this past weekend. I went to Juliet this past weekend on Sunday to see Flesh God Apocalypse.
1: And then I know this is going to be uh, posted post your concert going, so what what date was that?
0: It was February 26th. That's when I saw him. yes. Um, I figure I'll mention them because, I mean, this is one, a music podcast, and two... This is also like a precursor. It's going to be a prologue for things that come cuz a band like Flesh God Apocalypse will definitely be listened to at some point. No, they did a great job though. I wanted to shout them out as well as the other band that I saw because they they're so good. I'm such a sucker for a good performance at this point because I mean at the end of the day that's what it is. That's what all entertainment is. And they have just they they come out in like tattered composer uniform or composer outfits not uniforms they just have a handle on the crowd like no other band that I've ever seen before they just like they don't try too hard like the only thing I can equate it to which I know you'll understand and I'm sure the wrestling fans and friends that we have and also wrestlers that might be listening to this will get but when the wrestler steps into the ring and then they just start clapping their hands and they're like come on guys let's have a good time that's what I feel like a lot of bands are Uh, on a heavy metal stage
1: you don't need to at me like that Drake I feel personally attacked I just came here for a good time you're out here questioning my brand my moral integrity
0: I'm sorry to do that to you but I do see that a fair amount and it's like there's nothing that makes me want to clap more or cheer more or cheer less I should say and clap less For a person than when they're telling me to clap or cheer (laughs) if I'm being perfectly honest with myself because that's how a lot of the other bands were on that show they were like all right guys let's have fun and I'm like I was having fun why did you start talking I don't want to hear you (laughs) but yes they did a great job like they don't need to try hard and it's like when they do like when they're like all right let's get this pit going they do because they they got people with their great songs and yeah I got like an awesome video of me being in the front row jamming out to these guys got a good few pictures of them it was just overall a good time um and yeah I saw Alter Bridge the weekend before on February 18th in Chicago and that one was amazing for completely different reasons because Flesh God Apocalypse is a orchestral death metal band and Alter Bridge is a hard rock heavy metal band but they were also great like it was just a different type of audience people were not losing their minds in a mosh pit or you know doing whatever They were just sitting there enjoying music, but Alter Bridge did great, too. They also have a great handle on the crowd. They don't need to do a whole lot. They're so—I'm always amazed at how well that they did, too, because they had a tough start coming out when they first started because it is the instrumentalist of Creed, and there were a lot of people that didn't give them the time of day because because of that alone, and now they're just one of the finest rock bands on the planet, and one of the finest rock bands that I feel like people don't know about, but clearly enough people do because they are selling the house out. But yes, I just wanted to mention those two because they were both great concerts and just a lot of fun. And I think that is a good segue into our next topic for next week, which is our favorite, favorite album from our favorite artist slash band, which is, of course, Alter Bridge for me. And I would like to give you Alter Bridge's Fortress because I could have picked two albums here, but I feel like the lyrics are still really good on this album, but the music is incredible on this album so i'm very excited to hear what you think like i said i could have given you two here i wish i could give you two <laughs> but i will settle on fortress for next week for you
1: i love that i can't wait to hear it because i do enjoy Alter bridge as they do sing uh wwe superstar edges theme and that is a certified banger so absolutely
0: Let's also not forget the Judgment Day theme that they also used, to The Other Side, which is just as good of a song, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. We can't forget the goth kids from South Park. <laughs> they deserve to be recognized, too. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, so, yeah, when you had approached me about this theme, uh, I, I remember your question being like, oh, so are you going to give me another Machine Gun Kelly album? Here, here, here.
0: I would like to say I was not negative about it. I was just saying it like I wasn't sure if she wanted to do it again. I'm fine with another one, but I that's all.
1: Well, uh. I did actually just give you my favorite Machine Gun Kelly album, which was Hotel Diablo, so we already did that. So I will move de facto to my also equally loved and adored person, uh, Mac Miller. Uh, I feel like if you put a gun to my head on any given day and you were like, what's your favorite Mac Miller album? I would have a different answer for you every day because they're all just incredible in their own reasons and they have such a progression and such, uh, the word I'm looking for, words escape me. It's a good indicator for his growth as an artist, like as his albums went on he got more and more introspective more and more personal not to say that he wasn't personal in his beginning albums because he very much was a lot of drugs and depression and anxiety and whatnot but i think for this theme just off the top of my head i will go ahead and give you the divine feminine by mac miller uh it is uh, an album that i especially adore because it is very friendly to women i know we've had this conversation before that hip-hop oftentimes is not the nicest to its women it doesn't often regard women in very high regard so this album i especially love it i have a print of it in my room just the cover art of it hanging up because it's like a very striking image it's like a soft pink there's like a reflection of a woman in like a mirror it's very nice and uh mac miller himself was saying how he really wanted to devote this project to like his admiration his love and his appreciation of just like feminine energy like from the get-go they're like women laughing and enjoying themselves and I'm like I enjoy it when my hip-hop artists like like me <laughs> <laughs> lock me around and celebrate me and I really feel like this is a project that just celebrates women in all their forms and like a lot of different contexts as well in terms of like romantic in terms of friendship in terms of like physical It's just an entirely encompassing project of the appreciation of women so you or at least I hope you do because yeah man going back and forth I can do so many albums for Mac Miller I just listened to uh, Blue Slide Park yesterday which was technically his first like full-length album and it was the first album in 15 years to go number one on the Billboard 100 at the time as an independent album like he had no record label at the time this man went one number one on the Billboard chart at that time so a lot of praise to Mr. Miller I enjoy him heavily uh miss him dearly Love that man. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm excited to listen to that because, yes, we have had conversations about uh, the misogyny in rap, it feels like. So I'm very excited about that. I love the name, too, The Divine Feminine. That is a very strong name. So I'm very excited to listen to that album.
1: Fantastic. Well, we will go ahead and wrap up this edition today, friends. Uh, Any other words for the people, Drake?
0: Honestly, I think I'm okay. It It was a really good episode. I enjoyed this one.
1: All right. Take care of yourself. Love each other. Tell someone they look nice today. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye.
0: See ya.